Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 111, How Not to Allow Space to Define Your Makerspace. Say what? Isn't that a little bit confusing when you have the not in there? I think we have to think about it as the problem often is that we don't have enough space or we allow the idea of finding space and the overwhelming feeling of how am I going to find space, especially right now when I need so much space to keep people separated. And we think I can't do it. And we stop and we don't, we don't fully implement what we could implement if only we knew what not to do. <laughs> if you want to get going in this little bit of a riddle, I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so I hope I didn't get you too confused in the beginning because it's really, really quite simple and we will get to that in just a moment. But I, before we start, I want to let you know that STEMCon 2021 is here and ready to go. I am going to totally link to that in the show notes, but if you want to find it in an easier way, you can go to Trina Debery, teachingandlearning.com backslash STEMCon 21. So that's where you can find it. So anyway, I don't want you to forget because that is coming and it, it'll be here in just a few months and the tickets are on sale now and we have a really sweet deal for you. You actually get some really cool things right off the bat. Like you get a bunch of freebies right away. Isn't that awesome? I mean, signing up for something and then having like the amount of content that you get in return being like, 25 times greater than the amount that you invested, that is a pretty amazing deal. So I, I would hop right on to that and make sure that you get signed up so that you can come join the party. That's what it's going to feel like because STEMCon 2020 was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was like one of the best professional developments that I have ever been a part of or participated in or learned from. And that's exactly what people were saying about this. And it was it was really incredible. It was magical. And we are going to we are going to do it again in 2021 except for it's going to be even bigger and even better. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, so I had to tell you about that. I also have to tell you that I am still plugging away at Mastering Makerspace from Zero to Amazing. I'm very excited about offering this course in the very near future. It's coming. It's right around the corner. And I can't wait to deliver it to you because you're going to be so excited, especially if you are that kind of teacher that loves to think outside of the box and loves to get their kids moving and wants their students to really begin to develop that those critical thinking skills, those problem solving skills, that collaboration, that creativity. And you know, there's just not enough of that in school. And so this is going to be such 
an incredible way for you to get your makerspace up and running off the ground. So I hope that you're going to join me. Right now, you can download a free making makerspace getting started kit. And I will link to that in the show notes. All right, that's enough of announcements. Now let's get talking about what not to do to allow to get like to not be able to create a space for your makerspace. And I know I made I'm making it sound so confusing, don't you think? Like when you start off with not what not to do, what 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 should you not do? You should not panic. You should definitely not panic. You should not look around your classroom or your school or your media center and think I don't have the space. That's what you should not do because the simple truth is is that a makerspace is not defined by the space. It's, it's a little funny, though, because it has the word space in it, don't you think? But it, a makerspace can be pretty much anywhere. I want you to really hear that. It can be pretty much anywhere. And I know what you're thinking. Like, how are you going to store all the tools and the materials and the projects? And what are you going to do with all that? But really, the key to this is that it is, and this is why I love makerspace so much, but it really can be as simple or as complex as you choose or can afford. And don't worry, I talk all about how to get your makerspace funded without breaking the bank in my course, Mastering Makerspace. So if you are wanting to know how to do that, I have got you covered, my friend, don't you worry about it. But anyway, let's get back to the space. So space does not have to define what you do or where you put your makerspace. So let's review quickly. Let's remember, because I've been talking about makerspace a lot, and you can check back on some episodes. I have so many different episodes about makerspace, and I will link to them in the show notes. One that I really love is is episode 101, Six Attributes for Creating an Amazing Makerspace. I thought was a really fun one to do. And also episode 100, which is really the the meat of makerspace, like five genuine components of developing a maker mindset, because it really has to do with the mindset here. And that's why your space doesn't have to stop you from, from actually creating or participating in makerspace or maker mindset activities. And I think that that's really the most powerful thing that, that I that I can think of to, to express to you. So let's definitely keep that in mind because a makerspace is really, it's really more about a mindset and it's really about a way that we can get kids thinking and learning and discovering. So uh, like an official definition of makerspace, it does talk about it being a physical space for people to work together and review projects and build and create. However, it doesn't have to necessarily be in a physical location. It can also exist virtually with the use of collaborative tools like Google Hangout or Google Docs or places in where that you can meet together online and create as well. So we've learned some some definitely some tools and some tips and and strategies along the way during this time in our lives during this pandemic where we've been able to create these virtual maker spaces. And I think that's pretty exciting. It's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. I know that we're you're not necessarily getting some of that benefit of hands-on and and allowing kids to move things and move pieces. You can always do that three-dimensionally virtually, but 
it's, you know, it's a little bit more difficult, especially when you're talking about elementary school. And we still want the power of kids being able to hold and manipulate things. So when we are able to get to that point, I don't want us to lose sight of that. Just because we can do virtual maker spaces doesn't mean that we have to or that we should if space and physical location are actually available. And again, it doesn't have to be a specific space. That's really the thing that that we need to keep in mind because this is this is literally the element that keeps people from from trying makerspace. When I first started doing makerspace, I was doing makerspace moments in literature, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast. And it's taking a problem in a story and creating a solution. Now, I just passed out the materials for my kids to do that, or I had like an assortment of materials and resources for them to choose from so that they could have you know, some choice in the situation, because that's really a, a huge key and a big factor. But I didn't, and it is different than a craft. I didn't have the same end goal in mind. I wanted them to come up with a solution, no matter what that looked like. And it looked different for different kids and or different teams of kids. And so I think that that is something that we have to keep in mind as well. But it, but it really can be simple when you're talking about space. For example, Another thing that I did besides just like having like containers of here's material, here's like some cardboard or here's, you know, toothpicks and marshmallows, here are, which can be kept, you know, relatively easily in, in your supply closet that you normally have. But I thought, how about limited, you know, places with limited spaces. I think this is a good idea also for homeschool parents. And I did this in my own closet, my own like laundry closet, my what is it called linen closet. And I made like a small area like a makerspace right there in the closet because I needed to have supplies easily available and accessible to myself and I labeled them and everything so now I have got buckets of (laughs) which sounds crazy buckets of you know toothpicks and buckets of popsicle sticks and toilet paper tubes and and they're all right there in my little linen closet so I can pull things out and create things in order to show teachers what this might look like, you know, what something might look like from one of my makerspace moments in literature. But you can do this too. You can create a makerspace in a closet. Like, think about what you could do with a couple of shelves of a closet. I mean, some of these materials don't have to be big and intensive. And I think that's where sometimes we get stuck as well. Like we think, well, what are we going to use? Like, you know, what kind of technology can I store in a closet? And maybe the technology is not the part that you store in a closet. You usually have technology in your classroom. So wherever you're currently storing your technology, you can continue to do so. And then you can bring that in when you are doing, you know, a makerspace activity. So that's something to think about. So you, so closets work, boxes or tubs work, like tubs from the Dollar General. And this makes a great makerspace, like a big tub. And the benefit of, 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 create keeping your makerspace in tubs is that you can close the lid and put it away. I mean, that's a huge benefit. And it's portable, you can take this outside. And sometimes some of the activities that you want to do in a makerspace, which often have a lot to do with STEM or steam, you know, concepts, get a little bit messy. So taking your makerspace outside might be the very best solution to your problem. There's just such a wealth of, of, 
of ideas for, you know, utilizing small spaces. And what about a cart? I love makerspace carts that can be portable, that can be rolled around, that can be, um, that can be a, a, a job that could be, you know, a position, I'm going to be at the makerspace teacher on a cart. And I'm going to roll around and go to different classrooms with all my materials and supplies that I can bring along to students. And I think that is definitely, you know, a solution to a smaller space. So it's really, really important to not panic about that because the space does not define what you are doing with your makerspace. And that's where I, where I think we have to really remember. Also, makerspaces can be even in a centralized place. I've always thought this would be a good idea, like maybe even even in a media center or in a makerspace room or a space that that classrooms visit and rotate through. And and some schools do have these dedicated makerspace sites or rooms or spaces set up so that classes can come through. I actually speak to, and it's coming in a couple of weeks, I got a chance to speak to a makerspace teacher. I can't remember where she's from. Um, a different state than where I live. And she runs a makerspace in her school. And she talks all about the things that she's done and that she's doing. It's really cool. It's pretty inspirational. And that is coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. But at my school, we have an engineering room, which feels like a giant, you know, makerspace room. It it cuz you're very often focusing on the engineering design model. No matter what where or how you're using your makerspace, they're working through a, you know, a design process and I think that that is is really key. And we're we're a steam school, so it is pretty awesome. Like, like the teacher that runs it does an incredible job. Now I have a makerspace in the media center as well. And it's not in competition with the engineering room, because there's it, there is no competition. It's just an added part, you know, of our school that kids can come through. And kids can, you know, build and create and also, I like to use mine in a lot of social and emotional learning types of activities with kids. And I like to use literature in mine. And and sh- and the engineering class does a lot of STEM kinds of activities. So I think it's I think it's kind of cool to have like two different spaces. But anyway, so you could have like a centralized location. Another another thing that you could do if you're limited on space or if you're trying to figure out what or where you could do this, you also could do like a center rotation and have like different materials or different activities at different sections of your room and the kids kind of rotate through that. I think that always works really well. So... As you can see, if you aren't panicking about space and you're not like completely shutting down your mind, that's another thing not to do is totally close your mind and say, nope, there's no way I can do it. Forget it. It can't be done. There's always a way. I'm, all, I'm constantly amazed at those tiny house, the, the tiny house show, the tiny house nation, I think it's called. And I'm like, how did you figure out how to put a whole entire house in this school bus? Or how did like it just blows my mind. I think I take up so much space that for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I could do it. But sometimes like the minimal, the minimal minimalistic type of mentality actually sounds appealing, especially when you, you know, have moved frequently, and you're like, I don't want to pack it again. But the you know, people figure it out. So I think that 
I think we can figure out as well. And it doesn't have to be as complicated as we sometimes make it in our mind. It doesn't have to look exactly like Pinterest either. I have another makerspace in my garage. Like I created, cause I like to build. I, I like to build furniture and I like to sand and I like to do, I like to be creative with wood and, and I have several different types of saws and it's really fun for me. And so I'm like, well, I have basically have my own makerspace in the garage and I labeled things and put them in baskets and tried to make it look as cute as possible when you've got like a miter saw and, <laughs> and things like that. It doesn't, you know, it's not always like picture perfect, but it works. It works for me. And really one of the keys is the organization and like labeling that really helps massively. But it's just that the possibilities really are endless. Sometimes we just have to be a little bit creative. So hopefully you have figured out some things not to do to limit yourself. Don't have limiting beliefs. Don't freak out if you don't have enough space. Don't stop trying to figure out how to incorporate makerspace, even if you don't have the actual physical space. And don't panic. Those are all really important things to keep in mind because this is a movement, people. This is something that is gives, it, to me, I feel like it, it gives education some hope. Like I feel hopeful when I see kids creating and building and learning and excited and engaged. Like that, that makes me feel hopeful for our future. Well, this one tired teacher is definitely fired up to talk about makerspace for the next couple of weeks. And I'm hoping if you are interested as well, you will grab my freebie, my a makerspace startup kit. You will grab that and download it. It will get you started. It helps you. It has some labels and things like that. It helps you get get at least get started thinking about makerspace and like and join the, my makerspace community. I have my I have a Facebook group, Makerspace Thinking and Learning, on Facebook. And we're talking all about things that we're doing in, in there, inside the group. And I just put out just this, just a couple of weeks ago, or not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, um, I asked what people were doing, what they were specifically teaching. And some of the ideas that came through were so cool. Oh, I love that. So you should definitely check that out. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So for next time, this one tired teacher is ready for a long nap. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight.